We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the Knicks will lose their second straight at home and fourth game in their last five. As Tom Thibodeau's Knicks do some great things offensively, but defensively outmatched by these Boston Celtics. They've been an offensive machine. Busy. What's going on, Busy? Randall had a good game. Quick, treat him. Hashtag top end talent. Also interested note. uh, Yeah, Cam Reddish or Cam Johnson. Excuse me. Please don't tear anything, Cam Reddish. Um, Cam Johnson towards meniscus, something to keep an eye on, possible trade. Yep. Um, we'll keep an eye on it. I I just I I don't know, uh, man. Trading Aiton would be such an organizational shakeup for them. And I just I don't know. I don't know if I see the Knicks see the Knicks doing that. Although again, talk about answering some problems. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh thanks, Busy. Uh, Hush Sue with another one. Well, IQ's defense looks good. His offense just looks the same as last year. Still inconsistent with bad efficiency. Was hoping for a leap from him. I was hoping for a leap from him too. Uh, I think I wrote that I thought he would end up top three and six man of the year. Uh, not feeling so great about that. You know, got to make shots. It's got to make shots. It was. It, I, I we didn't talk about it last night, but it was a little tough seeing Maxi because. I think Maxie's the guy they wanted when they were making those draft day trades and they moved up from they moved up to 23 initially. Um, you know, I think Maxie's the guy they wanted and Max is really good. Uh, but like you got to take advantage of the picks that you have. Like they could have had Des Bain. I'm not saying 
you know, Des Bain is the second coming, but you know, we, Emmanuel quickly is really good. And I know there are people out there who are listening to this and be like, how dare you? He, he is the second coming. And if they gave him 30 minutes a night, we would all know that. And this and that, listen, you're going to be what you're going to be. Um, quickly needs to be better. That's all there is to it. Wambler talent differential on display. Amen to that effort. Mostly there. I agree. Defensively, we were sloppy with a little margin for error without Mitch. Amen. I was assured by KFS that Obi gets starters minutes. He wasn't great, but more please. Yeah, no, I was I was off on that. I am hoping I am hoping I am hoping it was the matchup. I think they want to get him a lot of minutes moving forward. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm right. Bad eyesight. The offense looked like an offense. Yes. So I'm happy when you play the Knicks uh, style of defense. Just hope the threes regress to the mean, but please get a hand up. Yeah. Well said. Um, oh, this is um, from uh, Timmy, Timmy Bontemps. Uh, Marcus Smart said the way the Celtics played def- uh, tonight offensively, specifically moving the ball, was a thing of beauty. Praise Sam Hauser for his shooting ability and how it helps space the floor for the rest of Boston's offensive options. Yeah, like that team last year had a lot of nights where they just completely looked dis- like a disheveled mess on offense, even after the RJ shot and they like turned things around. We saw it throughout the playoffs. They had a lot of playoff games. Now, granted, those were against really good defenses, but still, they had a lot of playoff games where they just completely devolved into bad habits. They were just... None of those bad habits showed up tonight. P's and Q's all across the board. Uh, Thanks for that one, Bad Eyesight. Next up, Dom Cappuccini. What's going on, Dom? How you doing? Um, Is it fair to ask that the sooner Mitch and Grimes return healthy... We may see a much healthier balance between offense and defense the rest of the season. I I hope so. But 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 <laughs> with Mitch being back, it creates offensive question marks. Now, no one's saying he has to play 35 minutes a night or 30 minutes a night. You could you could you can change his minutes based on the matchups. You're allowed to do that. You are allowed as a head coach in the, in the league. Andrew, look this up in the NBA rulebook. If you don't mind, you are allowed as a head coach in the NBA to play a guy 30 plus minutes one night and like under 20 minutes the next. And maybe that's the direction the Knicks go. I think it's the next, the direction the Knicks should go moving forward. Maybe there's some nights where we don't get Randall and Obi together and you know what? Okay, fine. It happens, but maybe there are other nights where we get it for 10 minutes a game um, or whatever we we might get it for. I I just think they're going to have to be creative. And whereas that would have sounded like a fucking joke a couple nights ago or two or three nights ago because of the coach, I think the last two nights have given us a little bit more room to hope that maybe creativity can be in store for this team. Um, That's got to be the hope. Has to be the hope. Bad eyesight with another one. Schematic question. Why are we collapsing the paint so hard? Again, it's just how they play. They they don't they don't want to give up easy looks at the rim. Tibbs believes that is you you that is the 
the concrete of your foundation as a basketball team is no easy looks at the rim. That's what he believes. He believes the three pointers will, if you if you execute and you give effort, your defense will be good enough. And they did not execute tonight. Uh, anyway, rest of the comment. Even after the Celtics show, they are on fire. At some point, you just have to give up too. Uh, love Cam's activity. Again, I'm just I'm telling you what he would say. I, I think if you gave him truth serum, he would tell you if they're making them all early. All that means is it's going to even out and they're not going to make them late. And the crazy thing is most of the time that is how it goes. It is again, there's a reason why there's like four or five teams that have ever hit this many threes in NBA history. It does not happen often. It's really freaking hard to do, but I get the frustration completely. Um, Dan Hidalgo, that this was the exact lineup you said you would start the other day. What do you think? Seem like they have some upside. No, I love it. Uh, hashtag Nostradamus. Yeah, I like it. I think I, I'm curious to see it with Mitch. Um, but I, I'm again. I I want to see them. <laughs> I want to see this exact starting five play a team that is not going to set a franchise record for threes made in a game. And oh, by the way, uh, I'm looking it up right now. I think their next opponent, the Minnesota Timberwolves, is not a, a team that hits a ton of, of three-pointers. Um, I'm going to check that right now. Um, and then after that, you got the Nets, who are playing a bunch of guys alongside Kevin Durant that are uh, not named Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah, so Minnesota currently attempts the... Oh, maybe I was wrong. I was wrong. They attempt the 11th most threes in the league. Minnesota's three-point percentage... Oh, no, I wasn't wrong. Minnesota is currently hitting 31.8% of their threes. So Minnesota takes a decent amount of threes. They do not make a lot of threes. I want to see how, if they go to the starting lineup again on... Um, Monday night, I want to see how they do on Monday night against a team that is not making a ton of threes. And by the way, the Celtics are in three-point percentage, fifth in the league. So, you know, tough task. Um, Nets 18th, by the way. It's their, their next opponent. Okay. Uh, Brandon Cruz. What's going on, Brandon? We are the New York layups. If we're going to continue to be the New York layups, we need to learn how to rotate in zone defense. This game was so cringe and my anger built with each nail three. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a lot it's a common reaction for a lot of people. It's their it's their scheme and if they don't execute the scheme, you can get embarrassed if a team is hitting shots. It's unfortunate. Um low from the Bronx. Even if you leave them wide open, a tram hitting 26 threes, uh tip your cap and move on. Bench a no-show except Rose. I feel Tibbs didn't go to JR and Obi enough. Yeah, I think that's been the most consistent thread through this postgame so far. More more Obi, more Obi and Randall together. More maybe more Obi and um, you know, Sims played three minutes. I'm just trying to think because you you didn't want to. I don't think you wanted to tax Randall too much. I think it's just a matter of just more more Obi minutes, less Hardenstein minutes. I think that's really all it is. And again, it's just it's tough because when you have those lineups out there with Obi and Randall, 
in addition to worrying about Obi's ability to, you know, switch on the perimeter and get the switches right and all that, Hardenstein at least does provide you something of a last line of defense in unless he's being pulled out on a switch, which he was being pulled out on a lot of switches. So, you know, there's always trade-offs. And maybe if he had to do it over again, Tibbs would have played Obi with Randall another five or ten minutes. Seems like he probably should have. Uh, ADW Paradise. This roster just is not good enough. Not good enough for what, though? Not good enough to, to beat a Celtics team that's like firing on all cylinders? No. But how many rosters in the league are there that are good enough for that? I think, again, I think we've seen the two best teams in the league so far this year. You know, if you want to throw Phoenix in there, but this Celtics team, shit. Uh, our best three players played well, and it didn't matter. Cam played great defense. Cam Johnson, Torres Meniscus, Randall trade. Um, if you want the roster to get better, like, again, I, I think I wrote this a few a week or two ago. Like, their ceiling as a basketball team currently as currently constituted and as far as like what they can like reasonable trades that they can make, which is to say like not star trades. Their ceiling as a basketball team, I do still believe includes Julius Randle on it. Now, do I want to continue to go for that ceiling? That's a different question. Um, but if you're complaining that the roster is just not good enough that you and then to say that like trade Randall to, to Phoenix for like spare parts or whatever, those two things, I, I think I'm not sure those two things compute because Randall, like he, he, he did help tonight. He was frustrating a lot and his process is, it sucks sometimes, but that's why he's the, he's, I don't He's certainly not the worst player we've ever watched in Knicks history. He's not even close, but is he the most frustrating player to watch? In Knicks history, I don't know that I've been more frustrated by a, by a, a player than Julius Randle. Just, just being honest. Michael, God, I miss Reggie Bullock so much. Went head-to-head -head with a finals contender in almost all game. Um, hard to be mad at anything else that isn't French. That's a great comment. Thank you, Michael, for that. Uh, yeah, bad decision. It's a bad decision by the front office. Bad job by anybody who defended it. Me. First and foremost, I defended the signing. I was like, hey, he gives them what they need. It's not that bad on defense. You know, great international player. He'll love playing on the big stage in New York. He'll thrive. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. Brandon Cruz with one more. Crazy how last night we talked about contending teams that could use Randall's help in a trade. And the Suns were mentioned. Well, now Cam is out for the season. You never know. All right. I feel like enough people have brought this up that we should at least... Um, Andrew, you want to pop in here for one sec? Let's do it. Um, all right. So just a couple things. Um, a little education for anybody who is looking to trade Julius Randle. Um, don't go by the trade machine, your friendly neighborhood trade machine on ESPN, because that trade machine counts Julius Randle's Salary is $23.76 million. And it is so sad that I know that number by heart by now. It's not <laughs> 23.761 or 23.762. It is exactly 23,760,000 and then all zeros. Um, Julius Randall has a couple of issues. One is a trade kicker, which he can waive. Notable because players have waived trade kickers before. Now it's a big trade kicker. It's 15%. 
That's $3.8 million. So before you ask yourself about or, or, or finagle fake trades, um, you know, would you be willing to give up $3.8 million? Maybe you would if you had 100 more coming your way. And you've made whatever you've made in your, your career already, which is a lot of money. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing uh, that I uh, do not believe he can, or no, he I not I don't believe he cannot waive. And there's there's been some minor discrepancy between me and Jeremy over whether this counts in in the trade calculations. I believe it does. He's less sure. There's a kicker in Randall's contract that is a bonus for making the playoffs. The Knicks did not make the playoffs last year. The Phoenix Suns did make the playoffs last year. So what that means is for Randall, his outgoing salary, even if he waives all of his trade bonus, which again, I think would count as $3.8 million. And actually, if he waives it, he has to waive the whole thing. So that's more than 3.8. It's like 15 or 16. So he's not just waving 3.8. He's waving $15 million. Would you waive $15 million? Would you light $15 million on fire if it was accommodating a trade? I know your answer, Andrew Claudio. Me personally? No. Um, well, I'm like 15 on fire. What are you talking about? $15. No. Put that aside for a second. So put the trade bonus aside. The Suns made the playoffs last year. My understanding is that because they made the playoffs last year, uh, that, that incentive in his contract kicks in so that his incoming salary for Phoenix is, I have to look up exactly what it is. I always forget if it's 1.18 or 1.8. It's that much higher for the Phoenix Suns. So when you're calculating salary, and the reason why all this matters and why potentially Randall could count, if he doesn't waive his trade bonus, as something like five point whatever more million dollars in incoming salary than outgoing salary for the Knicks is because you're only allowed to take back so much money in incoming salary, depending on what you trade out. So if the Knicks are only trading out $23.76 million because the trade bonus does not count for them in outgoing money, then the most you could take back in, I should know this number by heart, it's like 28.9 or something like that. And if we go and we look up uh, DeAndre Ayton's uh, current salary, I believe it is... 30.9. There you go. So you're you're about a million short. Now, obviously, if you're the Knicks, you can include under other pieces, and surely the Phoenix Suns would want other pieces. Um it's just, you know, and also you have Isaiah Hartenstein on the books, you have Mitchell Robinson on the books. So it's the other complicating factor. If the if the Suns decide they want to go to a different, you know, format of their of their team and how they approach both ends of the floor, and they want to essentially play a lot of Randall at the five, which I think they would do, um, or role with Bismack Biombo theoretically, like that. I, I just I, I don't think they're going to take back Mitch. Taking back Mitch and Randall doesn't make any sense. Now maybe Hardenstein and Randall. You want to send both of those guys to Phoenix for DeAndre Ayton? Okay, can't do that until December fifteenth. Um, and I think Ayton can't be traded until January fifteenth. January, so, yeah. So lots R- of RJ also can't get traded until January 15th, right? RJ is a whole other issue because RJ's that talk about salary matching complications because of the poison pill thing. Because he's only 10 and outgoing and uh, I think but 26 as, and incoming. As, as far as I'm not even trying to trade RJ. I'm literally just asking when can he first be traded? Like, could he be traded tomorrow? Or does he have to wait because of the extension? I think he could, January I 15th? think he I think he could be traded January 15th. That's that's all. I'll look it up right now. Anyway, there's no clean, easy trade. I think 
arguably Randall and Hardenstein is probably the easiest because theoretically Phoenix could slot both of those dudes into their starting five. And then the Knicks get Aiton and the Knicks would surely give up picks. Um, That makes sense. Do they want to trade Isaiah Hardenstein? Do they want to give up picks for DeAndre Aiton? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I have two thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, I think. Hmm. I don't oh, think. Can I make one, sorry, one other point? Sure. Because of the incoming outgoing salary complication. This is why I was doing that whole diatribe. Mm-hmm. It would have to be a three for one, meaning three players come back in the deal or exit Phoenix in the deal to, to accommodate Randall's incoming salary. If he doesn't kick the trade bonus, which I don't think he is, because it has to be a three for one. Three for ones are very hard to do in season because guys, people, teams have all of their rosters filled. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, that trade, if it's not Aiden and it's other salaries. So you want to talk about Crowder, you want to talk about uh, uh, Shamit and, and uh, Sarich or, or Tory Craig. You want to throw Tory Craig in there. Any of those, any three of those guys. Um, like. The Knicks would have to waive. I think they'd have to waive Archidiakono. I think they have one other minimum player, so you have to waive both those guys, take those other dudes in, you know. But then you got these other guys on your roster that, like, do they want to play? Like, what do you do with them? I know Jay Crowder wants to play, so then what are you doing with Jay Crowder? Then you have to try to flip Jay Crowder to some team that wants to play Jay Crowder. And I'm out. You're not going to buy out Jay Crowder. Why not? He's worth something. He's a he's a because the the Suns are going to demand. You pay something for Jay Jay Crowder's services because he's still a good basketball player, I, mm. and for you to then pay that tax, whatever that tax is, because like they're not. If the Suns are taking on Randall, they they are they know they're taking him on as a distressed asset. I don't. He scored twenty nine points tonight, John. <laughs> on good efficiency, ten of nineteen. Yes, he did, and and the Suns have eyes too. Yeah, made three three pointers, and there's a reason we've gotten four comments now. But hey, the Suns, Cam Johnson. Look, first of all, the chat was talking about um, Shamit and um, yeah, Shamit and Crowder, and like those those are the three from. We're not trying to get DeAndre Eaton, is what the chat was thinking. Uh, yes, uh, again, the, I'm very dubious of that. I'm extremely dubious of that because. This front office has not shown that they are going to take talent and essentially dump it for expiring for like non not like players that don't matter to them. Especially since there's not a cap advantage because they're not going to have cap space in the upcoming summer. So it's literally a trade like that would just be about getting Randall off the team and that's and that and that's before we even get into the draft picks because I think at best at best, you're just doing that as like a net neutral, like no picks get swapped. And you Phoenix would, is like, all right, we'll take on the contract. You, If you are getting Aiton back, one of, you're right, Mitch or Hartenstein would have to go. Because that's just, then you have four centers. Yeah, it'd be Hartenstein. So one of them would have to go. Um, that's why I brought up Aiton, because I think, uh, it, I think if they're, and this front office, I think they are, because I, let me, uh, very briefly, I think they could have gotten rid of Randall this summer if they just wanted to attach a pick to dump him. I think that was out there. They didn't want to do that. They, why didn't they want to do that? And why are they still playing the guy 35 minutes a night? It's because they want to continue to try to fix him to the point where when a, when a player comes along who they want, 
they could say, all right, well, you know, we know Randall had a bad year last year, but look at what he's doing this year. And at least you, the team might want to hold its nose, but at least they'll look at him and be like, all right, well, you know, it's not the most miserable salary I guess we could get. Uh, it's not Ben Simmons. It's not Kyrie Irving. Um, so that's why my mind gravitates to Aiden, because I think that's a trade the Knicks would actually look at. They're not trading Randall for these spare parts. They're just not. Not unless they get a bunch of picks back from Phoenix. They're not getting a bunch of picks back from Phoenix. I agree that I don't think, and this was my first thought, I don't think they would make a trade like this because of the the spare parts trade because that would mean a full, strong, 100% commitment to Obi Toppin. That I don't 100% believe they actually want to do. Um, The other thing... For everybody, like this might become the new Russell Westbrook thing with our with our fans and with our chat. Um, the Suns do now need a power forward. Kevin Durant plays power forward. That's the that's the team to then consider making the play for Kevin Durant. It's Phoenix, which we heard was the team willing willing to do it, and they have all the picks and they can be a contender right away. So that that is a place KD would go play for in that sense. Also, go trade for John Collins. You know, eh, I don't know if Atlanta's ready to ready to do that. Maybe they're not. I'm sure. I'm sure John Collins would be ready to do that in a heartbeat. No, I have no idea what to believe about, about Atlanta. I know that there's he and Trey hate each other or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but okay. So also the money, the money is a little easier with Collins. Um, right, before this no- turns into a cap or no cap, I'm gonna go back. Okay. Thanks, Brandon, for for bringing that up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. 
That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. I forgot NYC. Team could really use 3 and D small forward like Macau. Oh, wait. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, well. Sigh. Um, Jessica, what's going on, Jessica? How you doing? I had a really great time watching the second and third quarter. Me too. They played hard, kept it close, and it was a blast. The real shot in the foot tonight was the turnovers and the defensive troubles. Great game from Cam. Great, great comment from you, Jessica. Yeah, I, I'm happy it's a lot of Cam positivity despite the, you know, not much of an offensive performance from him because he deserves the praise. Dude was gassed. Dude gave it everything. And then some. Um, thank you very much, Jessica. Forgotten NYC. Um, oh, we already got that one. Next up. What do we got next? We got anything next? Yeah. Bad eyesight with another one. Thank you, Bad Eyesight, for all the contributions. I love how positive fans um after this loss compared to the Atlanta one. We are too close. Too close elephant. We are too close. I don't Andrew, see if you could decipher this. On this team, gonna finish first. 10 games, four and six or five and five, 500 ish team. Not that bad. Right. Where Vegas had us. I think that you're, I don't know what you meant with the elephant thing, but um, I, I agree with you that Vegas had us as a 500 ish team. And after tonight, I think you could watch how they played and believe that they are a 500 ish team. Got two tough games coming up, Minnesota, Brooklyn. You want to be a 500 ish team. Win one of those games. Which game are they going to win? Boston had trouble with Charlotte tonight. Or excuse me, Brooklyn had trouble with Charlotte tonight. Um, Maybe that's the game. Who knows? Maybe they win both. Wouldn't shock me. Not after what I saw tonight. Need consistency. Requiem Gaming, The Remnant. John, I'd be enchanted to hear a happy 18th birthday to my daughter, Darcy, the biggest Quentin Grimes fan. Thanks. Darcy. Happy birthday. Um, 18. You're, you're a young woman now, Darcy. Um, the fun is just beginning. And that is because Quentin Grimes is a second-year player. And he's only going to get better. I have all the faith in the world in Quentin Grimes. And he will be back and healthy. And he's going to help this team a lot. I'm convinced. All in on Quentin Grimes. I know he's... Kind of forgotten man after tonight, but all in on Quentin Grimes. And happy birthday to you, Darcy. Um, thank you for the contribution. Requiem Gaming. Mark, what's going on, Mark? Yeah, my buddy Mark Sable, friend of the pod. Plan is still to trade for a disgruntled star. Yep. Uh, what's the chances they cost less than Mitchell and get us a sec and let us get a second star? I hate to say it, but hashtag tank. Ah, oh, Mark's not feeling it tonight. Um, the chances they cost less than Mitchell, probably none. Um, I think they played loosey goosey with the picks, not loosey goosey, with the opposite of loosey goosey. I think they they clutched the picks in the Mitchell trade because they just didn't believe Mitchell was could be the guy. I think if it's a trade for the right guy, I think they'll give everything, and they're not going to worry about having anything left over, and they'll trade for the guy, and then feel like, all right, we got we got our core here, let's roll with it now. How many of those guys are out there? I don't know. Less than 10. Um, but if you ask me what I think the plan is right now, yes, I think that's the plan. 
or wait for an opportunity that doesn't come around very often. You know, wait for a Kawhi Leonard trade opportunity, um, or some such thing. You know, Paul George when he was traded to the Thunder, they happen. They're rare though. Uh, thanks, Mark. Good to hear from you. Uh, next up, we're done. Yep. Hey, all right. Two things. One, um, updating this. Seventy. Oh man, you should just get. What are we? What did? What are you supposed to give me? The if same I, thing. It's a. It's a drink. Like a oh, drink of choice, John. If you so. Since this is a YouTube medium, uh, as well as a podcast, I have put the Claudio Casino Obi and Randall minutes together counter up. And we are up to 17 minutes and 18 seconds. We have a bet, John. It, it's an over under uh, 100.5 minutes. If it goes over, John wins. If it goes under, I win. This is for the season. And I, I would be very happy to buy you this drink, Mr. Macri. We are at 17 minutes and 18 seconds on the season. Start saving up, man. Yes. I don't know what drink you intend that I need to save up. This wedding's expensive, but not that expensive. I've um, been I've been enjoying cocktails when, when we get to go out like once a month for our date night. Me and you or you and Dolores? No, me and That was a joke. That was a joke. I get the joke now. <laughs> Um, uh, Michael hit another one by the way we have two more super chats rolled in oh Michael um, what's going on Michael who starts when everyone's healthy Cam or Grimes ah best question of the night congratulations Michael who I'm surprised nobody asked this I was thinking about this earlier too um, if Cam plays like this I was about to, you took the words <laughs> out of my mouth Cam, if Cam plays like this I you know what, though? At the same time, it really all does depend on Cam. I, I could see it being Cam. I could see it being Cam if this unit starts to gel. Um, Can I tell you something I'm more certain of that is kind of pertaining to this question? Sure. It's way less for me about who starts when Cam, when Grimes is healthy. It's... I'm... 99.9% certain because the season has surprised me a lot that when Grimes comes back, if it's, if he doesn't start, it's taking all of Fournier's minutes out of the road. Like he's gone. Out if, of Grimes, if Grimes is back healthy and Fournier's playing, I like, I mean, look, I'm, can you kill them? Can you kill the coach for playing Fournier? What he did tonight, played 10 minutes tonight, 11 minutes, right? I can't kill him for tonight. I didn't jump in because I thought you handled it well. I'm really not as frustrated as people seem to be with the loss. They the Celtics set a record for threes in a game. They we said it in the pregame show. They take the fourth most in the league. This was always going to be the game plan. If you hold yeah. them to their season average, which is 37 points, even 37 percent, which is 18 threes, they could have made tonight, and the Knicks would have won. They made 27. We're just, we're just not as good as that. So I've, as long as every night teams don't set a record for three-pointers, I'm actually kind of confident that a Cam Reddish inserted over Fournier or Grimes inserted over Fournier defense changes things going forward. So yeah. I really I really was like very uplifted by this, this game tonight. There's still some tweaks, and RJ don't turn the ball over, and Julius has those headache moments, but I'm, I, gotta, I actually kind of disagree with you about the Obi minutes, too. You think he should have played more? No, I, I was like, fine. He was oh, okay. like, 
I thought their most effective lineup tonight was Hartenstein, OB, the one that's that started. Like anytime they made a run to cut it down, it's because those five were in the game. If Obi's playing more, it's we don't care what the score is. It's just we have a set minute that we need to get him to and we get him to it. But like the reason I thought Obi got taken out is because the Celtics are 29th in offensive rebounding and in back to back possessions, Noah Vonley got two offensive rebounds on yeah. top end. Yeah. So I thought that was the reason that. Tibbs was like, you know what? I'll see if he can get the offense going, but this is we need to use his minutes more for Hartenstein because then I have no rebounding and the Celtics are hitting every three right now. That was my thought, at least. I don't think that's I think that's fair. My answer to this question, my gut says Cam at the same time. I'm wondering because he gets so little opportunity on offense in the starting five. Is that a reason to put him back on the bench? Because I think there might be more opportunities for him to do some stuff that we know he could do. Uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. I I might I might start Grimes. I just like the wing depth when Grimes is back. And again, to take all ten of those minutes and give them to give him the Quentin Grimes, and then like take a few from someone here, two from someone there. Um, yeah. I, I I like the wing depth and the potential to get this defense back on track when Grimes is back. Kevin Danishevsky. Kevin, always a pleasure, my man. A little blasphemy. I love Breen and Clyde, but sometimes they're way too focused on results and not process. The perimeter defense was bad, but not every shot the Celtics hit was because of bad defense, tough shots. Um, I mean, they also have a view right from the sideline, so I trust. And also, like, what I think is so great about Mike Breen is he so perfectly channels the feelings of people watching at home. And I think as the chat has made very clear tonight, people are fucking frustrated when, you know, like if he like there, like if you bounce, as I know you do, because we talk, if you bounce around league pass and you hear some of these announcing teams, yeah, and like good announcing teams, like the Kings team. I was watching the end of the Kings Magic game earlier tonight, and they're a good team, the Kings team. And yet, like Paolo, who my God, what a freaking beast! He's gonna be a star. Yeah, he's he's like he's already seventh or eighth in the league in free throw attempts. Um, he drove on De'Aaron Fox, and his positioning was perfect. And like the you know De'Aaron was like shuffling his feet or whatever, and he. Uh, Fox got called for the foul and, and Paolo went to the line and I apologize. I don't remember the announcer's name, but she was like her first words out of her mouth were like, well, Darren Fox never gets that call. And like, you know, that's like, there's a lot, there's just a lot of, you know, you tune into your average broadcast. And there's a lot of homerism and I respect the hell out of Mike Breen because I, do, not that he's not a bit of a homer at times, but he always picks his spots and I think it's always fair. And I've never hear him say anything that I feel like is untrue you know, could and in fairness, even tonight, he was like, this is an incredible display of shot making, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think they were trying to balance it as best as they could. I thought they did. OK, I, I didn't bother me. I'll say that I wasn't. Look, does Clyde miss a few here and there? Yes. I um, noticed I didn't bring up Clyde. In, yeah, in <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, I, I echo John. Um, Sam, uh, not Sam Elliott. That's a weird Freudian slip. Sean Elliott of the Spurs broadcast is the king of the we, where it's like, we never get a call. We missed an opportunity tonight. And 
But at least he's out with it. Oh, no, he is. Like, he's an outward homer. We do have two very objective broadcasters. One so good that both so good they're on the Hall of Fame. One so good that the national broadcast also gets to enjoy him for the biggest games that the sport has to offer. As so, it should. Two more. Three. Geez, four more. What happened? I don't oh, know. Sign- oh, two more, two more, two more. <laughs> Joseph J. What's going on, Joseph? The read and react offense works well with legitimate scorers that we don't have. Brunson is best in a five out. Also, why can't Tibbs just change the rim protecting scheme? Your odds we change midseason. Um, t- t- they're never going to change the scheme if Tibbs is the coach. That's for yeah, sure. It's philosophical. Um, you know, you want to, you know, and and again, you've just invested $60 million in Mitchell Robinson. So you're going to change, are you going to change your scheme? I don't, I don't know about that. As far as um, read and react offense, yeah, a thousand percent. You need, you need legitimate scorers. But at the same time, like I, I don't, like how many good offenses are there out there that that aren't like whatever they whatever they are aren't at the, like the basis of it is like a dude creating a matchup advantage you know um can I ask you a question yeah do you like the Celtics shot selection outside of the threes because my biggest takeaway to start the game when they were just the only shots they were making were threes was like if you if they don't take a three, these are isolate like there's no easy layups. They're isolation contested long twos. They're trying to draw a foul. I was it's why I'm not as frustrated tonight. Like a team needed off- to set the record in order to beat them. I thought their game. offense was was pretty outstanding. From three, yes. Their their ball movement was great. I'm saying like if they And they had a lot of threes, really nice finishes around the rim. See First half, I noticed a lot. Of, the way the Knicks were able to get back in the game was a lot of long twos. That was some poor shots. Yeah, it was, second half, they weren't missing any three pointers. So it wasn't perfect. I completely yeah. agree. It's, it was not perfect by any by any stretch. But like, and but you know, credit to the Knicks defense because again, the Knicks defense is designed to give up those shots, and they did succeed in giving up you know a decent mm-hmm. amount of those shots. I, I I walk away from this much more confident than. As far as like switching I feel, up the up the scheme, not you. I'm saying, I'm yeah. saying the scheme needing to be switched up. I actually thought it would have worked tonight had the Celtics shot their season average from three. They didn't. They shot a record, a franchise record setting pace from three. At the yeah. moment, right now, the Knicks are 17th in the league in defense. You know, eight of those games had Evan Fournier starting. That's why um, I think we might see an uptick in defense. Like we did when Kemba was out of the rotation. So the best team, the best defenses in the league uh, right now, the Bucks are first at one hundred point six, Cavs are second at one hundred three point three, and then there's Cavs. A, a drop, well, big big cushion between Bucks and Cavs, and then mm-hmm. another cushion between Cavs and the Clippers, who are third. Clippers are one hundred six point two. Put up the next super chat. Maybe read the next super chat, and then I'm going to look something up. Well, the, the next one's the last one, and it's appropriate to be the last thing we hear tonight. Okay. So I'll th- I'll talk you through it. In fact, no, no, no. You know what? You go look for your thing. No, I have I'm it up going- already. Okay. I was going to read a WinBet ad. Oh, read the WinBet. Download the WinBet app or visit www.winbet.com to start winning. Sign up today f- to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. That's right. Bet $100, win $100. Download Bet Win with our good friends at WinBet. Shout out to uh, Mensa Smith, who hit his uh, pregame uh, selection in betting and sweating. I am pulling up the selections that we made before the game right now. Um, 
I hope Reliquum Gaming, I forget your full name, but you fade me every time I make these bets. I hope you did because you would have been correct. Um, XJ hit, he picked uh, Jalen Brown over in total points, 22 and a half. Um, a poor, I will. So I picked Jason Tatum over 40 uh, points and rebounds. He had 31. Uh, and then Mensa took. Points and rebounds, Jalen Brunson, 25. So he got that. And then Sean Hardy with taking the under at 226. That almost hit through three quarters. So um, join us before every game, about an hour before tip-off. We do a segment called Betting and Sweating, where we each make a prop bet and go over the lines for the upcoming game and a couple of the prop bets. Um, what do you got, John? So, yeah. Um, like I said, Nick's... Uh, 112.8 defensive rating, uh, 17th in the league. Uh, best defense, 100.6. Second best defense, 103.3. Uh, Knicks have played uh, 209 minutes without Evan Fournier on the court this season. In those 209 minutes, they have a 101.3 defensive rating, so that would slot in between the two best teams in the league. When Evan Fournier has been on the court this season, uh, slightly less, 185 minutes, the Knicks have a 116.4 defensive rating, which would be good enough for between the 28th and 29th best defenses in the league. Uh, to say Fournier has been a tire fire on the defensive <laughs> end is an understatement. Um, so, like I said, that defensive rating is mostly with Evan Fournier on the court. Yeah. And it's again, I know tonight was painful. I know people are frustrated. Just this was a. <laughs> you could even just go to tonight. They were minus nineteen in the ten minutes that he played. <laughs> I'm not saying it's all on him. Yeah, he was minus nineteen tonight. Minus nineteen in eleven minutes in a fifteen point game. Like what I don't, a, I don't think, I don't think quickly and topping. And yeah, no, it, it wasn't just him. Like it, it was it, multiple factors. I just. When you have no chance on wing depth, like you, that's why I'm curious if Grimes comes back and he plays those 11 plus minutes. Do the Celtics make five less threes? You know, how about this in the in the 100? Jesus Christ, in the 185 minutes that Fournier has played, they're minus 8.9, which would be uh, the third. Uh, worst net rating, second worst net rating in the league, and in again, so it's like talk about his offense not making up for it. Um, because again, they're only they're only scoring one hundred seven point four on offense when he's in there. Uh, when he's off, the scoring goes up to one eleven point oh, and the net rating overall goes to <laughs> goes to nine point seven. Yeah, which um would be third or fourth in the league. Yeah, I- wild. The the problem has been identified. And like we said, not personal, nice guy, veteran, fine. Like this is not this is just us reading cold hard facts right here. I can it's also why promise the you they're making adjustments too. Yeah. I can promise you they know these numbers. Yeah. It's why when last Wednesday happened, it was like, all right, something has to change. And hey, well, not last Wednesday, it's this Wednesday. Wow, yeah. Wednesday feels like it was seven Wednesday years. Wednesday feels ago. like it was years. Oh my ago. gosh. It also doesn't help that the NBA has been drunk for the past Four days too. Um, all right, last one. Robert Cross, first time, long time, John. Should I go pepperoni pizza, chew steak, calzone? Hashtag fifty three wins. Pepperoni I pizza. I don't know what the hell chew steak is. 
Do you know? Uh, no. I'm trying to think if that's like how the steak is cooked. I don't know. Like, I'm not a big calzone guy. Uh, calzone must be really good for me to enjoy it. Um, shout out to Lucali down the block from me here. It makes great calzone. Uh, but I'll go pepperoni pizza. I also will go pepperoni pizza. And thank you, everybody. All right. Here we go. We did it. Um, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we, me and Jeremy are back together for an episode that we will be recording tomorrow night. Uh, certainly have a lot to talk about. Should be an interesting one. I'm uh, curious as always to get Jeremy's perspective. And uh, that is that. Everybody have a good Sunday. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.